Hey, praise the Lord. Pastor Michael Jakes here. We're here once again with the Sunday Sermon Series. Uh, we pray that you're able to stay with us for a little bit today as we open up the Word of God. Amen. Streaming right now live over Facebook, YouTube, and Spreaker.com. That is our podcast platform. You go there, you'll see all the other podcasts as the Lord has graced us to be able to produce over the years. Amen. Today we are continuing in our series entitled Glory in the Highest. Amen. And in this series, we're taking a look at some of the uh, very familiar phrases that we find uh, throughout uh, the Christmas story that we find in Matthew, uh, that we find in Luke, that we find uh, throughout the Old Testament. And we're going to apply them to our lives and, and see the very special meaning uh, that these words and phrases have for us. Today, we're going to be talking about the fact that it's personal. Yes, it's personal. And when we get underway, you'll understand what we mean. Amen. And so grab your Bible, grab your smart device, and we'll get underway right after this. your name. We thank you once again for giving us an opportunity to open up your word. Lord, we don't know where we would be without you, Lord Jesus, so we honor you and we bless you. We thank you uh, for your holy word. Lord, today, once again, as we begin to uh, speak concerning you, Lord, we pray that you give us grace. And Lord, we pray that you will have your way. Speak to the hearts that will be listening to this word either by live or, or by replay. Uh, Lord, we pray that your anointing will go with it. Lord, we pray you just be with us even now, Lord. We give this time into your into your hands. Have your way in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen, amen. God bless you, my brother Frank. God bless you, Doris, amen. God bless you on this, this afternoon, amen. I want to bring you to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 9. Once again, uh, we're talking about some very familiar portions of Scripture as they pertain to... Uh, the Christmas story, the birth of Christ. And I want to bring you into one of those important passages from the Old Testament. And this is Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. And then we'll go over to the book of Luke. Let me start here in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I want you to pay close attention to the, the opening words of that verse. For unto us a child is born. I want you to keep keep those uh, words in your mind. Uh, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now let's go over to the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 2. Luke chapter number 2. And I'll be reading starting in verse number 10. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse number 10. Man, it says, And the angel said unto them, 
fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling, swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. One of the greatest blessings that we will find as we read God's word and we read the promises in God's word. And, and as we read this word, in particular, uh, just in general, as we read, one of the things that will bring uh, strength, it will bring comfort, uh, it will bring hope, is to personalize his word when you read it. Make it personal. Amen? Make it personal as you read. When you read of God's love, which we'll read about a little bit here today, you, you, you need to personalize it. Uh, when you begin to personalize his word, uh, it begins to speak to you. Now, when we read these verses in context, uh, going back to Isaiah uh, chapter number 9, in context, of course, when he says, for unto us, he's speaking about, in context, he's talking about the Jewish people. Uh, Jesus came unto his own, and his own received him not. This is who Isaiah is talking about, his, his people, the Jews. For unto us, a son is given. Once again, he's talking about the Jews, but by, once again, by extension, it speaks of us, unto us. Back in the book of Luke says, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Uh, the angel, once again, when he says you, he's speaking to them. He's speaking to them in particular, but he's also in, uh, inferring us. We were not there yet. We were not born yet. Uh, we, and we know the whole story. The Jews would eventually reject Christ. So this word you is speaking to all of us. And even then, you have to even personalize it even more. When you begin to read scripture, sometimes it's proper to put your name there. Now, I'm not talking about changing scripture. I'm not talking about uh, trying to alter scripture. No, no. But it is very, very, uh, once again, it is very encouraging when we're able to place our name. Because it shows us just how much he loves us. Look at, look at. When you look at chapter verse number 10, verse number 11, and verse number 12 and personalize it, it you really begin to see just how much God loves us. And the angel said unto them, I'm reading it again in verse number 10, chapter 2 of Luke. And the angel said unto them, fear not for behold, he's bringing me, he's bringing me good tidings of great joy. Uh, verse number 11. For unto me is born this day. He came for the world. He came for he came for the world. He came for the Jews. But he came for me. You see, here's what Paul the Apostle did in, in the book of uh, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 15. Paul the Apostle makes this powerful statement. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all expectation acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Notice he says, Christ came into the world to save everyone, to save those who are sinners. He says, but I'm the chief of sinners. 
You see, he made it personal. He made it personal. He came, he came for me. He came for the world. Yes. And God bless every single one who says yes to Jesus. He came for them individually. But I am the chief of sinners, he says. He came to save sinners. I'm number one on the list, he says. And so when we begin to personalize scripture, we begin to see scripture uh, in a different way. When we look at Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8, for God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When you personalize that, for God commendeth or showed his love toward me in that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. It's powerful when you begin to personalize it all. And the fact that we read here in the book of Luke that how he came uh, with these good tidings and that Christ was born on that day, he did it all for me. We, we need to make it all personal. It's all personal. When we read Matthew chapter number one, Matthew chapter number one and verse number 23, it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, notice there, it says they, they, they shall call his name Emmanuel. Who is the they? Those to whom he came. Who did he come for? He came for me. He is God with me. Jesus is God with me. Amen. And so once again, when we begin to personalize, uh, when we begin to personalize uh, these powerful scriptures, we begin to see Jesus in an entirely different light. We begin to experience and know just how much he loves us once again. We, and we see it and it's a powerful, it's powerful just how much we love him. And I'm not sure, I'm really not sure if we can fully grasp and understand in the corrupted state that we are in, though we are his children and though we are indwelt by his spirit, I'm not sure if we can fully grasp just how powerful his love for us is. Scripture says, greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friend. He laid down his life for me. I'm the one who got saved. You're the one who got saved. That means that he gave his life for you. We go back to the basics. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you, you, put your name there, for God so loved you, for God so loved me that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's, that's love. That's love. And that's, that is the catalyst. Love was the catalyst that sent Jesus to earth. Love was the catalyst that sent Jesus to the cross because he loved with his great love wherewith he loved us. Ah, translated, with his great love wherewith he loved me. He loved me. That's the story, that he loved me so much that he would die for me. Listen, if you or I were the last person on earth, 
he would have died for you. The last person, the only person, he would have died for you. That's love. That's love. And that is that is that agape love that we t speak about in scripture, that love that knows no bounds, that love uh, that goes beyond the call of duty, that love that uh, it, it just, it, it's undescribable, that type of love. But that's the kind of love that God has for us. We go to John chapter number one and verse number 14. Here's the, here's the extent of his love. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. Us, us, once again. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And there he's talking about, there John is talking about the fact that Christ came and dwelt. The incarnation. He came and lived among uh, his people in the flesh. Once again, it's personal. It's personal. And the more we begin to make and take his word personal, we will begin to see him in a brand new light. One of the most powerful scriptures concerning his love, you have to go back to Romans chapter number 8. I'm going to read these verses, and they are powerful. Romans chapter number 8, uh, starting in verse number 35. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse number 35. Now, let me just say before I read these verses, we're talking about making Scripture personal, making it personal. Uh, these verses in, in Romans 8, uh, 35 down to the end of the chapter, it's not talking about uh, it's not talking about our love for him. It's talking about his love for us. Let me read. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy, uh, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor, nor any uh, other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that last that last phrase there, nothing shall separate me. Nothing shall separate you. Once again, we're not doing any violence uh, to the word of God. We're not tampering with, with scripture uh, by personalizing it. Amen. We are not going to, that's not what we're doing here. But when we begin to personalize it, it begins to take on a greater meaning. Uh, in our spirits, I believe. Nothing shall be able to separate me from his love. Nothing shall stop him from loving me. All of this, this list of things, none of those things can bring Christ to a point where he says, I don't love him or her anymore. Now, you could also look at it the other way. Even though it's talking about his love for us, it should also be able to be go to go the other way. Nothing is going to stop me or you from loving him. 
distress and tribulation and peril or sword, none of those things should be able to stop us either from loving him. Should not. Amen. And so once again, it's powerful when we begin to personalize his word because his word, he's given us his word. His word, it has been said that his word is a love letter to his people, a love letter. Everything written therein is for our benefit. Every single thing, the things that we read in it that don't sound good, the things that we read in it that things that people did that were bad and wrong, everything was written for our benefit. The bad things are there so that we won't make the same mistakes. The good things are there so that we will follow after and do those things that we need to do. The word of God is for us. And going back to Luke here in verse number in verse number 10, Christ came for you. Begin this, this Christmas season, begin to personalize. And I know it's something that we, we probably do, but be very mindful to, to personalize the story that he, he came specifically for you. He came for you. Yes, we know that this time of the year is, 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 a, is a good time for evangelism, letting the world know that he came for them. He came for the masses. He came uh, for, the, for, the, for the brokenhearted. He came for all. But begin to also say, Lord, you came for me. And even as you're speaking to other people, evangelizing, telling other people about who Jesus is, let them know that he came for them. It's personal. He came for them specifically. Amen. He came to seek and save that which was lost. That's why he came. Amen. He came. He, what did he say? Uh, he said, uh, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Lift Jesus up and people will begin to see him. Don't lift yourself up. Don't lift somebody else up. Lift Jesus higher. Lift Jesus higher, as the song says. Lift him up for the world to see. Amen. That's what we need to do. Allow people to see Jesus because he came for them. He came for them. Listen, I needed to know when I got saved, when I got saved, I needed to know that he came for me. I needed to know. I was I'm just a young man, just a young man, but I was down. I was down and I, and I came to the conclusion by, of course, the help of the Spirit of God convicting my heart, I came to, to the conclusion that I was a sinner. And I had to, uh, how the world would call it, I had to buy in to his truth. That's how, that's how the world would put it. I had to buy in to what uh, the scripture said. I had to buy in to what uh, the preacher that was speaking uh, said. I had to buy into it. Uh, but once again, it is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that made me aware of my sin. The Holy Spirit made you aware of your sinfulness. It became personal because you were the one with the need. You were the one that he died for. It became personal. When you received Christ into your, into your heart, when you believed on him, it became personal. Yes, once again, as Paul said, I am the chief of sinners. Put my name at the top of the list. He came for me because I was the worst. 
And once again, when we begin to see it all in that way, we begin to see just how much he loves us. Amen. Just how much he loves us. And that is something that we need to get across to others during this time of the year. There's going to be a lot of revelry. There's going to be a lot of uh, parties, a lot of different things going on, a lot of different things going on that have nothing at all to do uh, with Christ. But if we can just let the world see who Jesus is, see who Jesus is. Listen, you know, I used to, before I was saved, uh, before I was saved, um, and maybe you did this too, I, I watched... <laughs> As a child, I watched the old Charlie Brown, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas on on television when I was when I was young. Every year that I can remember growing up, I'm watching the Charlie Brown Christmas, and I was not a Christian. I was not saved. My family was not saved, but I would watch it and get a kick out of it. I, you know, looking forward to looking for looking forward to look, watching it when it would come on. Uh, and there, but there's the near the end of it, uh, Charlie Brown says, "What's it all about?" <laughs> He says, what's it all about? And then Linus comes with his sucking his thumb and he comes with his blanket and he says, I know what it's all about. And he begins and he starts and he reads uh, uh, portions of Luke uh, and Matthew, I believe. And he begins to tell uh, the Christmas story. And he says, Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about. That's what Christmas is all about. And I wasn't, I wasn't a Christian then. And so I didn't really understand that, what he was talking about at the time. But when I got saved, when I got saved and then I watched Charlie Brown Christmas again, then it made sense. Now I knew, now I knew what Christmas was all about. It was all about Jesus coming for me, coming for me. And that extension, it goes now, he would come for me and then he would also die for me. It's personal all the way around. Any way you look at it, it's personal. The reason why he came and the reason why he died is because of you and because of me. Amen. And it just makes it all that much powerful. It makes it all that much powerful when we're able uh, to see Christ in that light. Amen. It, it, it's so it's so powerful. Amen. Uh, people, uh, it says here that uh, people make the mistake of, of being into the holidays for the for the season and not the reason. And it's true. It's true. People get, we get caught up. People get caught up in the commercialization of, of it all. And, and, and that's not what it's all about. And if you or I are not careful, we can get caught up into it also. I didn't buy this for that. I didn't, I didn't get this for this person. I didn't, I wasn't able to get this for that person. Listen, no, no, no. It, 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 it's good. And it's the it's the season of giving, uh, as uh, as the saying goes, because Christ gave, we should give. We un we understand how all that goes, but we can't get caught up in that. We need to be, get caught up in who Jesus is and why He came. He came to live His life out for those three and a half years. You want to say the whole thirty three and a half years, but that last three and a half years of ministry, He came to live out that ministry. Uh, com complete his ministry, and then he went to the cross. What did we say in Romans 5, 8? Uh, we said that God commends his love, shows his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he died. He died. And he died for me. And he died 
for you. Why? Because we were the ones who were in need. We had sin. And Christ came to abolish and to destroy the works of the devil. The devil has no more claim over you or I. He has no more claim over the child of God. He cannot, he does not have control over our lives. As we keep our faith locked in to who Jesus is, Satan has no power over us. He, the only power that Satan has over us is whatever power we give him. It's whatever he we allow him to do. It is whatever we allow him to carry out in and through our lives. That's the only power he has. It's 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 given power here. I, I, I we were talking about temptation. When we when we give in to the world, the flesh, the devil, we, we we're, we're telling we're telling world, flesh, and the devil. You know, I, I'm going to set aside. I'm going to set aside the ways of the Lord for this time. And no, no, that 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 cannot be how it is. That cannot be how it is. We must remember that Christ died for our sins. And it, he did it because it was you. He didn't want you or I to die without him. He didn't want us to die without hope. Amen. If we, if the world rather, would understand this, of course it would be a different world. But the world has been spun the world right now is a world of confusion. It's a ball of confusion, and it's just a mess. And once again, it's all because it's all because of what Satan has done to this world, amen. And it's all because of sin, obviously. But in this season, at least in this season, we can see we can see people acknowledge Jesus. People acknowledge Jesus, and they may not be acknowledging him uh, in the way that we would like them to acknowledge him, but that is we should take that as an opening. When people begin to sing Christmas carols, just like myself when I was a young boy in school learning these Christmas carols, I had no idea what they meant. I didn't know what O Come All Ye Faithful was all about. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand what these songs meant. They took as once again as I when I got saved, all of these things took on a new a, a different meaning. When you see people just singing, when you see chorales and and you see people going around singing Christmas carols, many of these people, many of these, not all, I'm sure, but many of these people are not saved. They're singing songs, and 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 these songs do bring a modicum of peace and joy uh, to people when they hear them because they're so familiar. But once again, if you're not saved. You really don't understand what the song is talking about. Many of the songs. I'm not talking about the songs that talk about Jingle Bells and Santa Claus and and White Christmas and all those type types. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the songs uh, that are theologically correct. I'm talking about the songs that talk about the incarnation and the coming of the Lord. The, the songs that come right from Scripture. Folk don't have any idea what these songs mean. But once again. Because it's all about us. We begin when we begin to personalize it all, it takes on a brand new meaning. Amen. And so as we as we close out, as we close out today, uh, we need to remember, we need to remember that 
he did it all for us. Every single thing, every single thing that was done was done because of us. And every single thing that was is that was done, it was because he loved us. Love. Love. How much do you think? How much do you think that he loves you? Are you aware just how much he loves you? Well, we can say we can say it in these mortal and corrupted bodies. We we haven't we have a modicum of understanding of how much he loved us. But as I said earlier, I'm sure that we can't truly wrap our minds around just how much he loves. It's 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 a divine it's a divine dynamic that we are not able to fully comprehend. But thank God, thank God that he loved me enough. Thank God that God loved me enough to send Christ to live and die for me. It's personal. It's absolutely personal. And we need to keep on making it personal. Amen. Lord, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you once again for uh, this time of sharing, Lord Jesus. I thank you for those who have come to hear your word on this Sunday afternoon, Lord Jesus. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll continue to have your way in each and every heart. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will continue to draw us closer to you, Lord Jesus, as we continue uh, to look to your word, Lord Jesus. In your word, we find peace. In your word, uh, we find comfort and encouragement, Lord Jesus. Lord, where would we be without you? We thank you, Lord, for coming for us. Lord, I thank you for coming for me. Lord, it's personal. I thank you for what you have done for me. Lord, I bless you. Bless each and every one under the sound of your word today. We love you and we praise you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. God bless you, my brother Frank. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, my brother uh, Norman. Amen. God bless you. Dawn, God bless you. God bless you, Doris. God bless you, uh, Brianne. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. We thank the Lord for each and every one. And once again, we want to invite you to continue to be with us throughout the week uh, as we continue uh, with the word of God. Amen. Uh, on on tonight, on to, not tonight, <laughs> it's already tonight right now where we are, uh, on tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night we'll be here uh, at 7 o'clock p.m. with the Line by Line podcast. Uh, we are in Matthew chapter number 22. Matthew chapter number 22, we're going, uh, we're moving steadily along, and we once again praise the Lord for giving us an opportunity. You can join us tomorrow night if you can at 7 o'clock p.m., and we'll continue in Matthew chapter number 22 amen then on tuesday night uh tuesday night uh will be uh the bible speaks live uh we're coming to you once again in the light of the season that we are in when i ask a question and the question i will be asking uh on on tuesday night is do you really know how blessed you are do you really know how blessed you are we're going to be looking at 
seven absolutely wonderful blessings of the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Do you really know how blessed you are? Amen. So I hope you're able to join us on uh, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock of the Bible Speaks Live. Amen. And then on Wednesday night, Cutting It Right Bible Study, the first principles of the Christian life, we are continuing in our lessons on temptation. Amen. And we're going to continue in lesson number two, uh, and that's coming up uh, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Amen. So I hope that you're able to join us. Amen. And so it's a full week, uh, and so we pray. We thank the Lord for you who are able to be with us uh, most of the time, and uh, I pray that you continue to be with us. Uh, let someone know. Tell someone about uh, That's the Word Ministries, that we're here uh, these four times out of the week, Sunday uh, morning, sometimes Sunday afternoon, uh, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. Let someone know that we are here. We believe that the the Word has something to say to each and every one of us. Amen. So once again, thank you for being with us. Hopefully you'll be with us tomorrow night. We're looking forward to the Bible study in Matthew. And until then, have a good day. Uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. Amen. God bless everybody. Have a good one.